I, yeah. my first, my first marathon, I didn't, I didn't take any fuel and the first sip of water I had was at like mile 19. Uh, so did, did that one wrong. an insane person. I've, yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> you made it through that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to The Final Turn, an upbeat podcast about all things running. I am Keith, a person whose primary motivation to run is to eat cookies consequence-free. My co-host is Sean. Sean, will you remind the audience what your guilty pleasure is? Uh, I do the same. I also run just so I can eat ice cream. My mom knows me too well, and she bought me an ice cream subscription for Christmas. So I get four pints of ice cream every month. I uh, already finished two of the four, and it's been four days in. So Yeah, I was going to say, that's a <laughs> short supply for you. So Okay, so on today's show, we're welcoming Anne Monty. Anne has impressive bona fides. She's a registered dietitian, has a master's degree in public health and nutrition, and she is a fantastic cook with a rich collection of healthy and easy recipes. She's a multi-time marathoner who tailors a lot of recipes toward exercise nutrition. You can find her on her blog, Fantastic Food, or on Twitter and Instagram, at Fantastic Food. Welcome to the show, Anne. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we have a collection of sort of nutrition slash exercise related questions here. And Sean and I are a bit clueless about this. So hence, hence why we don't eat. We don't eat, have the best diets. We just uh, <laughs> we think it's OK to eat sugar. We need energy, right? Yeah, exactly. You need energy. You have to refuel. It's good. Right. OK. All right. So maybe so not 100 percent cookies and ice cream. <laughs> so before. <laughs> So we always ask, uh, did you, Anne, did you run today? I did not. And I wish that I could have. Um, as we were talking about before we started recording, I'm about seven months pregnant. So running is not exactly on the table for me right now. Um, definitely always jealous of um, some of the runners I've seen online that are running like the day they give birth. But that's never been me. So I ran through the first trimester and then. After that, it just kind of started to feel a little, little. so it's, but it's beautiful here today. So I did take a nice walk and that was good too, <laughs> but I'm excited hey, to people, get I can't believe people, if women run after the, the day that they, they give birth, that is. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're just way more hardcore than I am maybe, or if it just feels different for them. But for me, this is my second pregnancy and my first one, it also didn't feel great. So, um, I've just been accepting that, but I definitely miss the endorphins. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, first off, congratulations. And second, yeah, I don't think feeling guilt about not running (laughs) third trimester is. is It's not guilt. It's more just that I just miss it. I mean, you guys know. Mm -hmm. know, There's nothing like the feeling you get from a run. So one thing that kind of helps right now is that since with the pandemic, I wouldn't really be running with friends anyway, honestly. Um, And I'm a very social runner. I only like running with other people pretty much. So I'm like, okay, hopefully by the fall when I'm back into things, we can actually run together again because, yeah. Do you use Strava when when you are running? No, I don't. I have a Garmin that I use. Um, okay. And then I always kind of post about runs on my blog and everything is okay. my tracking method. Yeah. I wanted to ask, I was curious because, yeah, I when I'm not running, if I log into Strava, I get this sort of envy and it's, yeah. It can yeah. Be a bit. I know a lot of people are really into Strava, especially uh-huh. bikers. I've heard. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've never gotten on the Strava. I think I may have an account where I did like one run or something many years ago, but I just didn't really get into it. I just figured eh, I'm posting it on my blog. Um, especially when I was training for marathons um, more intensely um, a few years ago um, when I was doing especially full marathons, I would post a lot about my training on my blog. So I'm like, ah, they can find it there if they want to. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I boy, I don't know whether I can recommend signing up for Strava or not. It's a, it's a. I've heard it's very addictive. Yes, right. It's like, yeah, you don't want to recommend cigarettes or like binge drinking. Because, yeah, I mean, sure, it's kind of fun, but yeah, what's the long term impact here? Yeah. So. yeah. Anyway, all right. So let's let's dive into it here. Um, are, yeah. These questions are going to be maybe a little bit technical, but well, well, we'll see how it goes. So, all right. So my first question was. Do the sugar molecules in the various sports drinks and gels have any real differences? So you'll see they have different formulations, like there'll be maltodextrin or fructose or glucose. And what about between those things and the more natural sugars you'll, you'll see in things like evaporated cane juice or maple syrup? Um, yeah. What's, what's the difference? Yeah. Can you, can you explain really quick what evaporated cane juice is? I don't know. I just need, I, I need to know that so I can understand yeah, the response to this question. I am not entirely sure. I'm I guessing <laughs> they probably take the cane plant and boil it down, basically. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, you'll have to ask a food scientist about that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically the difference between the sugar molecules pretty much comes down to the glycemic index, which is a measure of your blood sugar response after you eat. And um, it's worth noting that your blood sugar response obviously is going to be different if you're exercising while consuming sugar versus if you're not exercising when consuming sugar. Um, but the main difference between all those different sources of carbohydrates is pretty much how quickly or slowly they are absorbed um, in your body and how quickly they can be used for fuel. So, for example, if something is lower on the glycemic index, that's going to be digested at a lower rate um, and give you some kind of longer lasting energy. And this is especially going to be helpful for uh, more endurance events, but also like when you're not exercising, you want to focus more on the lower uh, glycemic index foods. Um, so, for example, maltodextrin is a higher um, GI index. So that means that it's going to be absorbed and you can utilize it more quickly. So that especially is going to be helpful for something like a sprinting or, you know, more quick, speedy sort of event. Um, while uh, sucrose, for example, is moderate on the GI index. Um, glucose is also higher on the GI index. Fructose is lower on the GI index. So really, it just depends how quickly these things are absorbed. And a lot of companies do include a variety of them in their products, which is smart because then you're getting some of that longer lasting energy, but then also some of the quicker energy as well. Yeah, I've seen some some companies advertise these different ratios of fast to slow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they all yeah. say their proprietary blend is the best ever, of course. But Of course, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's really important for people to experiment, of course, not on race day, but before race day, <laughs> um, and see what works best for you. Because everyone's body is going to be a little different and what you need is going to be a little different. And so the first place to start is going to be figuring out how many carbohydrates per hour you personally need to take in um, when you're doing and a workout. So an easy way to figure that out is if you take your body weight in pounds and you divide it by four, that's going to give you a rough estimate of the approximate grams of carbohydrates that you need, that your body needs per hour. And then from there, you can figure out, okay, what form of these carbohydrates makes the most sense for me and my body. Maybe it's a mix of some higher and lower GI index, um, sugars, or maybe it's just one specific kind. But yeah, it's really just going to vary on how your body does. Um, 
with fuel while you're working out and then also what sort of event you're doing. Like obviously if you're doing a longer, slower effort, you're going to probably be able to tolerate a little bit um, more uh, different kinds of fuel. For example, some fat and protein even versus if you're doing something very quick and short, you're going to want to focus more on just the immediate quick energy from the higher uh, glycemic index carbohydrates or sugars. So did that make sense? You guys are looking a little. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. so all right. Yeah. Take my weight, take my weight, divide by four. That gives me yeah. the amount of grams I need per hour. And of then, yeah. Right. And then, yeah, there's Roughly. various. And again, it may, you know, you may want to experiment up or down. And if you haven't been used to doing any, to taking in any fuel while you work out, you're not going to want to start immediately with that. Like you're going to want to build up to it. So your body can kind of see how your body adjusts. Yeah. Okay. That all makes sense. Interesting. I'm like, I was like, I'm looking at like how many carbs like a goo packet has. Yeah. So I'm like determining how many, like doing the, yeah. d- doing that division, that math is how many goo packets do I need an hour? I need like yeah. an, like one and a half and like having one goo packet is already enough. Like it's already like feels miserable uh, yeah. for me personally. So I'm like, oh man. <laughs> I know, especially for full marathons for me. I, so I find for the half marathon, I can stick with the gels and it's fine and that mm. works okay. And some of the gels do have a different mix of this, the quicker burn carbohydrates and the slower. And, um, but I find for full marathon effort for me, I need to have something that's a little bit more of a real food situation. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So something with a little fat and protein, for example, can be helpful there to just give a little bit more of that longer burst of energy. Yeah, you so, had you. Oh, sorry, go on. I'll let, go ahead. No, go ahead, Sean. Fire away. Yeah. So you know, there's. Uh, I want. We want to bring that up because on your website um, and your blog, you talk about this a little bit of like actually, you know, yeah, eating something that's not like a gel or I guess more solid. It has like fats and proteins. Uh, and one of the one of the recipes that specifically caught our eye was uh, your salty maple nut energy bites, which uh, I think I'm going to make this weekend because they. Look yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Um, so I, I just like I have like a two part question to that is one. Mm-hmm. Is like, yeah, what, what do you what do you see as the benefit of, of like eating something with, you know, more fat or protein during that like longer marathon? But also second is more like, how do you carry it? <laughs> like, yeah, it's always like, you know, like, do you put it like, in a little baggie, do you like put it in your shorts and have to like open yeah. your bag? I'm always curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that always gets a little complicated. So starting with the nutrition. Um, so I think it can be really helpful if you're doing a longer endurance effort to include something that has a little bit of fat and protein and how much you're including is going to depend on you personally. But um, for so fats and proteins are going to slow down digestion. So even if you're having something with a higher glycemic index, if you pair it with something with fat and protein, that's going to make it lower on that glycemic index because the fat and protein digest more slowly in your body than carbs. So one thing that can be helpful is just, again, that it gives you a little bit more sustained energy. But one of the other main benefits is that you may not be able to, especially for longer endurance efforts, um, you may not be able to get enough calories in to avoid crashing if you're just consuming carbs. Um, because carbs do not contain as many calories um, per you know amount as fat and protein do, especially especially fat. And so it can be a really helpful way to get in some extra calories um, that's going to be a little bit that's going to help to keep you from crashing. So I found when I was doing really long runs, like anything over like the half marathon distance, basically, 
I found that I would finish the run just so depleted um, and a little bit nauseous because I was a little hungry still, even though I'd had enough carbs, but I just didn't, I needed a little bit more. Um, So I found for me that it was helpful to include something like these salty maple nut energy bites, or one of my other favorites is to take a a date and take out the pit and put a little bit of peanut butter in there and then sprinkle some salt on it. Those are like my two long run go-tos. And it just, for me at least, it just helps to have a little bit more staying power later on uh, in the run. So, and then in terms of how to store it, I would do, um, so I always run with one of those hydration backpacks. Mm. I've tried the like water bottle. I've tried the like waste pack. Those didn't work for me, but I love the backpacks. And so I would stick, I would put it in a little Ziploc baggie and I would stick it in one of the pockets on my backpack. Um, and it was, you know, it's a little awkward to like eat that while you're running. And so you definitely want to practice that, um, during your long runs, like don't stop <laughs> yeah. your fuel on your long runs. Cause obviously you're not going to do that during the race, but it makes it easier to, um, cause if you're having something like this and you don't have any water on you, um, it's going to be a little harder for your body to deal with that. Um, also you're yeah. probably going to be dehydrated, but Thinking about during a race too, I would even wear my back, my hydration pack during the race because then I could kind of slowly sip on a little bit of water while I was taking my fuel and I could eat the fuel more slowly as well, um, which again is going to help with more sustained energy too versus like if you just pound an entire gel at once versus if you kind of slowly eat it over maybe like a mile, it'll give your body a little more time to kind of um, digest that. So it's helpful to have your own water so you're not worrying about kind of like pounding everything on yeah. the top. <laughs> yeah, I was always interested because the first time that they they came out with one of those like cubes instead of like having the gel, they came out with the cubes. And the first yeah. time I tried that, I had to like chew while I was oh, running and yeah. that just seemed like a lot of effort. It is, uh, yeah. It was really I hard. I, there's one of them that I like. It's like a really salty one. I think it's like salty margarita Um <laughs> That I liked, but I could only have it in the summer because in the winter I found it would get so hard. And I was oh, yeah. it and I was just like, oh my God, I cannot. Yeah. So oh, I like those more than the sport beans, though. The sport beans I felt oh. like really hard to chew. Yeah, those are miserable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not, I think people like those because they have less water in them. So they're, they're less, you know, so you're saving, you know, four milligrams per, per, yeah. you know, unit calorie or something. Yeah, but I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The penalty is, the penalty is high, right? Like. Oh yeah. You're, very, you're trying to breathe and chew and. It's, right. Right. It's not glamorous. I mean, on the other end, there's those uh, Morton gels that like Elliot Kipchoge likes and they advertise about how they're, I think they call it hydrotonic, which I don't know if is a real word, but it's supposed to be, you don't need to drink water when you eat it. But the reason yeah. why is because there's more water in their gels. So for the same 100 calories, they weigh twice as much and it's because they yeah. put water in it. So yeah, they're not, it's not like some special formulation. It's that there's yeah. water in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And it, it obviously matters too. Like, are you running in summer? Are you running in winter? Like, you know, uh, you can maybe get away with one of those gels in the summer, in the winter, but I don't know about summer. I think you'd still want yeah. some, some of your own water. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's what you should do mid run. Um, I know you're a big proponent of intuitive and mindful eating, but I, I do have a question about sort of running and weight loss. So I think most advanced runners already know that trying to lose weight while training for a race can be risky. Um, But for those folks who are attempting to use running as a tool to help them lose weight, do you have any advice, like things to look out for? Like what, 
If any calorie deficit is safe to avoid injuries, what are some warning signs that the calorie deficit might be too much? Yeah. Do you recommend counting calories? I think you're going to say no. But if not, what are some signals that one can use to know that they are creating a deficit? So I just have a constellation yeah. of questions around that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so first of all, I definitely don't recommend counting calories um, because I just think it's, it's not going to be something that you can sustain long-term. It's not really teaching you uh, habits that you can carry forward in your actual life. It's just going to be kind of a brief time period because you know, you're not going to count calories forever. And also I think it just sets up a lot of guilt around food and just, uh, yeah. So I'm definitely not yes. a proponent of counting calories. The exception is when you're trying to figure out your needs for an actual endurance event. So the only time I would recommend counting calories or even being super aware of calories is like I just said, like how much you need to take in during a workout. And that's to make sure you're taking in enough fuel because usually people underfuel. Um, so that would be the only time that I would ever um, encourage anyone or one of my you know sports nutrition clients to actually be super aware of calories is for that, whatever they're having during their actual workout. Um, so in terms of losing weight and training, so I would not recommend trying to lose weight while training for a target race because it's really hard to do both things at the same time. You're just, you're not going to be able to get the fitness gains you want if you're not adequately fueling your body. Um, so some things to look out for. So what I would suggest is working with a sports dietitian. Um, to really help to dial in your nutrition, make sure that you're eating in a way that feels good for you um, and refueling properly too. Because something that I see happens a lot with runners is that they often don't have enough fuel during a workout or enough fuel after the workout. And then that leads them to binging later in the day because they get too hungry. So I think it's definitely important to work with a dietitian to figure out, you know, what is going to be the right balance for me that leaves me feeling good physically, that leaves me fueled well enough, that is giving me enough fuel to repair my muscles adequately after a race. Um, but that again, is kind of balanced in a way that's not setting me up to binge later because I'm getting too hungry. And so there's a lot you can play with there. Um, in terms of some warning signs to look for. So certainly injuries, um, you know, obviously sometimes injuries are just related to overuse, but they can also be related to nutrition. So if your body is not getting enough fuel to repair muscles after a workout, um, that can lead to things like stress fractures down the line. Um, another thing to think to look for is if you're feeling cold a lot or if you're losing some of your hair, that's definitely um, going to be a sign that you're not fueling adequately. Um, or if you're extremely fatigued, I mean, obviously, you know, doing a 20-mile training run, you're not going to not feel fatigued. Um, <laughs> but it's important to just kind of, you know, try to dial in and notice, like, is this fatigue beyond what I should be feeling or what I would normally be feeling? Um, and another thing for women in particular, especially um, this is common in runners, but if you lose your period, um, that's a pretty big red flag as well, that your body yeah. is not getting enough energy to sustain that process. Um, so, yeah. That all makes sense. I, I've heard or I've read, heard and read that – yeah, if people want to use running for weight loss, it's it can be really dangerous to do that while while yeah, training. Yeah, and it, it makes sense too because it's you know running obviously uses a lot of energy, so it makes you really hungry. <laughs> so yeah. in a lot of ways, it's not going to be the most efficient way. Yeah. I mean, certainly, you know, if you do want to do kind of a brief cycle of. Um, 
you know, doing more like speed workouts and things that are going to spike your heart rate, but not completely deplete you and make you absolutely starving. Um, you can focus on something like that before a training cycle, but Again, it's, you know, yeah, I'm a big proponent of intuitive eating. I think that anything extreme is just not going to be sustainable long term. And it's just going to set people up for a binge and restrict kind of cycle or like weight cycling, which are both not great for health. So I think it's important rather to rather than thinking about like, what should I subtract from my diet? I would instead always encourage people to think about what they can add to it. Um, so for example, like if you're not eating enough right after your runs and you find yourself having sugar cravings later in the day, think about adding more food right after your run, especially maybe some fat and protein. Um, or if you're finding yourself really crashing with energy at a certain time of day, again, looking at the meal before that and saying, did this have enough of the, did this have a carb? Did this have a protein? Did this have a fat? Was it balanced in terms of those macronutrients or am I setting myself up to get too hungry later because I think a lot of people get really frustrated and feel like they don't have any willpower around food and it's it's not that it's usually just that they're setting themselves up to get too hungry um, because they're Mm. not feeling adequately earlier in the day or balancing meals in the way that's going to make them satisfying and again that can be related to that high uh, um, high glycemic index as well. Like if you're having meals that are mostly just carbs, for example, I see people doing this a lot for breakfast, you're going to have more of a blood sugar spike and then a crash, meaning you're going to be really hungry soon. So it can help to add fat and protein with those carbs so that you have more sustained energy Uh, and you're not starving uh, again an hour later (laughs) because you just had carbs. So yeah. So maybe I should add some peanut butter to my normal bowl of Cheerios. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Different, especially with the cravings later in the day. Like you'll find if you're under fueling or not having fully balanced meals earlier in the day, it almost always comes out as sugar cravings or just kind of that like, oh, I'm going to grab whatever I can find situation. And it's not you. It's not willpower. It's <laughs> that you're, you need to take a look at your meals earlier in the day. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's interesting. Chocolate chip cookies are very good, but yeah. Go ahead, Sean. <laughs> Add yeah, some no. nuts to them. <laughs> One of the one of the challenges that I have when I'm like uh, training for a race is you, you go out and you're doing these ten to fifteen to twenty mile days and you know, I burn between like fifteen hundred and two thousand calories a day, and that's on t- so you're supposed to you have to basically make up for that plus what you're supposed to eat in a normal day. You, you're approaching like for males like four thousand calories in a single day, and that's a lot of food, and that's what I've yeah. always struggled with. So whenever I actually train, I actually tend to lose weight is because I love to eat, but that's a lot of food. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, no, so it I, is. I, so, do you have any like thoughts around like how one could balance? Like, I don't want to like I stuff my face with like pasta or something because I'm like, okay, there's like a lot of calories in a smaller like volume of food. Um, but it, like any like high level thoughts on on how you can kind of sustain that? Because uh, I'm not actively trying to lose weight at that time. I'm trying to sustain yeah. It. Yeah, so I would especially focus on adding more fat throughout the day. So fat's going to give you the most caloric bang for your buck um, versus something like a pasta, which is mostly carbs. So actually, you need to eat like a massive volume of it to really get that many calories. So yeah, I would focus on adding more fat throughout the day because that's going to be so like throwing avocado into, you know, like whatever dish you're having or having... Uh, maybe a little bit m- cooking with more oils, having more nuts, seeds, mm. things like that can be a really good way to keep up with the amount of calories without feeling like you're just constantly 
your stomach is exploding. Yeah. Um, yeah. Add in also adding more, adding some fat and protein during your long effort runs too. So that way you're not like going into the, after the run, like completely depleted already. Um, yeah. You yeah, hear the, that, Sean? The, no more fasted running. Yeah, yeah, so this is the problem. Oh, no. Are you you're a fasted runner? <laughs> yeah, the problem that I have uh, is I don't like to take the goos and the gels or whatever during a run because they're like 35 grams of sugar, and I'd rather save that sugar for ice cream. Oh, but see, you're, yeah. So I, I'm doing it wrong. I know I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, Your performance would be better if you were taking in some fuel. Um I, yeah. My first, my first marathon, I didn't, I didn't take any fuel, and the first sip of water I had was at like mile nineteen. Oh uh, so did did He's that one wrong? An insane person. I was, yeah, I'm surprised you made it through that. <laughs> yeah, I, so I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's common to, but so remember, like you sitting on the couch eating like 25 grams of sugar is very different from you out running consuming that much sugar, like your body is using that very quickly as mm. fuel. So it's not, it's not the same, you know? Um, yeah. And again, that doesn't mean you can't have ice cream later. Like you should still have ice cream later too. Um, but I would definitely consider adding in more fuel like during runs. So that way you're not having to just kind of eat everything um, in sight, like outside of your runs to maintain the, cause you want to make sure you know, especially if you're already a lean person, like yeah. you don't, you really don't want to lose weight during training cycles usually because again, it might impact your performance because if your muscles aren't repairing well, or if you're, you know, just not giving up the fuel it needs to rebuild. So yeah, I would, I would encourage you to add in some fuel. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> One of these days I'll, yeah. I'll change my, my mental, my mental blockers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So next question. So there are some things that people consume that could negatively affect their training and recovery. Um, overindulging in alcohol is an obvious one, for example, that everyone knows. Are there any foods that are like this? Like I'm thinking you're going to say things that are 100% carbs, but assuming someone is getting their proper macronutrients and vitamins and minerals and that they have their calories dialed in, is it possible to eat too much of something, <laughs> for example, and critically important to Sean ice cream? <laughs> no. So I, I, I think it really just depends on, you know, you and your body. And that's kind of a cop out answer, but I think it just really depends on on every person has a different response to different foods. So what might be too much of something for one person might feel fine for you physically. So I think it's really just about focusing on dialing into your body and asking yourself what feel, what foods feel good for me when. Um, and again, making sure that when you are having, having something like ice cream, that you're not going into it like, oh my God, I'm starving because I didn't eat enough earlier in the day. Cause then it's going to be really hard. Um, and you're smiling. So I'm guessing you maybe do this, but um, <laughs> it's Only really sometimes. hard. Yeah. It's really hard to not um, eat past fullness levels. If you're starting a meal or snack or a treat or whatever, um, too hungry. Amished. So yeah. Yeah. Cause then that leads to that kind of boomerang where your body, I mean, your body literally thinks it's starving. So it's going to encourage you to just kind of take down whatever you're having, which means you don't even enjoy it as much, which is sad because it's ice cream. And second, again, you're going to probably end up a little more full than your body wants you to be because you've um, started too hungry. So it's just hard to not kind of boomerang back and forth. So yeah, I think it's really about making sure that you're fueling adequately and stabilizing energy levels by having a balance of macronutrients at meals, by not waiting too long between meals. And then um, 
just paying attention to how things feel for you. Like for some people having, you know, something super greasy the night before a run might not feel very good for them. For other people, it doesn't matter at all. You know, I know that between my running friends, it's like what people can tolerate before, after whatever run, it varies so much. Like, Mm. um, and I think it just really depends on the person. So, yeah. So I would say nothing, there's not really like, Again, it's really just about dialing in and listening to your body and not setting yourself up to eat past fullness because you get too hungry. So enjoy the ice cream, but don't go into the ice cream experience starving. Actually enjoy it. Always. Yeah, I think one of the one of the challenges that I have is I I get like very hungry throughout the day, but if it's like three PM I'm like really hungry. But I'm like, oh, like dinner's gonna be in like three hours, so I might as well just wait so I can eat more volume at dinner. And then I like just eat I, I eat like a whole box of pasta. I, I, I yeah, joke not. That's and that's, <laughs> that's exactly what I've heard from a lot of clients. It's like, yeah, oh well, I'll just wait at this point. But then you're setting yourself up to just be way too hungry. Um, yeah. So I would I'm a huge fan of the afternoon snack. I'm a huge fan of the morning snack. Um, cause again, like if you're going into meals too hungry, you're just going to always eat past what your body wants in one sitting. And that just isn't going to feel very mm. good. So, and That's it's good. also okay. like, you don't want to have like a massive meal and then go to bed like an hour later either. Cause then your body is just kind of like, Ooh, and then, you know, you're waking up for a run and you're still kind of like, Ugh. so yeah. Makes sense. So what? What are some other, like, you know, the, obviously that's a thing that a lot of runners get wrong about nutrition. And we talked about a few other things, but what, like, are there any other common things that you feel that runners or just other like athletes in general just get wrong about nutrition? Uh, it seems um, like- so I think a lot of it is not fueling enough, certainly like not fueling during the run, not adequately refueling after the run and then kind of setting themselves up to be too hungry later. Um, I think sometimes people get carried away with the like night before carb loading thing too. I mean, it's like, you just kind of need like a normal meal. You don't need to like only have carbs or like go to town. Um, And again, like you don't want to have an enormous meal and then go to bed. Um, So I think it's really just about finding more of that balance. Um, And then, yeah, certainly like skipping breakfast before, right before a morning run. That's another uh, mistake I see people like make a lot, but yeah, a lot of it is under fueling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then that kind of sets them up for that wild ride of like high blood sugar, low blood sugar, starving, overeating, too full. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to hear how your eating habits might change after this uh, podcast. Me too. <laughs> I'll feel, I'll been... feel better about myself of like eating afternoon snacks and you're going to be like the dietitian told me I had to, so I need to. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to tell my wife that I'm allowed, the dietitian said I'm allowed to eat as much ice cream still, as long as I can. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. But you're not, allowed to start, you're not allowed to start eating the ice cream too hungry though. You got to savor and enjoy it. That's fair. Yeah, you got to enjoy it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to conduct an independent audit of this and I'll report back to you on and for afternoon snacks, just make sure you're getting fat and protein and carbs, not like just carbs. Cause I think that's another big mistake. Like we were talking about, like people just mm-hmm. eating carbs um, and carbs are very important as fuel. But again, if you're having them alone, like outside of a workout, they're not going to give you that much staying power. So like, think about how it's so easy to eat just like an entire bag of like pretzels or whatever, mm-hmm. something that's just carbs. And then you still feel hungry, but you're like kind of too full also. 
And that's because it's just carbohydrates. And so if you add fat and protein, like some nuts and seeds or, you know, whatever, um, to your snacks too, that's just going to help give it more sta- staying power and give you more of that stable energy so that you're not arriving fat or having dinner, like diving into mm. an entire box of pasta. What, what about, what about salted nuts? Are they, are there, so I, I love, I eat a lot of peanuts, uh, but I don't, yeah. I eat unsalted peanuts, but for some reason, almonds, I can't really get behind unless they're like salted or I mix them I with agree. other things, but I yeah. can do salted, I can do salted almonds like most people, yeah. but I just feel yeah. it's not good. <laughs> no, I would, I would go for it with the salted nuts. I mean, especially as runners, like we need to, we need salt, you know, and, and some, and I think, I think really the like low sodium thing has gotten a little overblown. Um, again, like people need salt. They need to take in some salt and especially athletes who are sweating a lot um, certainly need to take in salt. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm the same with almonds. I love like dry roasted salted almonds, but like plain raw almonds is just not oh, delicious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't suggest you just sit and like eat tablespoons of salt, but like, you know, something that has salt on it, like, yeah, especially if it's a really nutritious food like nuts, I would go for it. This conversation is going to instigate like another battle in World War III between my sister and her wife. My, my sister's wife loves salt and puts it on everything. And they run every day. They have a run streak of like 350 days or something. And they're constantly bickering with each other about how much salt is appropriate. <laughs> and so this yeah. be another, another feather in the cap. It's another thing that really depends on the person too. Like some people do process salt more, you know, like some people can tolerate a lot more salt than other people can. And so I think that's something to think about too, but especially as athletes, like it's not something that I tend to focus on. If anything, I'd make sure they're, they're getting enough salt, especially if they're running in the summer and maybe not in San Francisco, but in DC summer is very sweaty. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. I grew up in the Midwest and I don't miss those humid humid summer running days. Likewise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, although uh, I don't envy your hills, though. I'm, yeah. yeah well, I'll, I'll take it, it for like 65 degrees every single day. <laughs> That's yeah. fair. Yeah, I did um, a half marathon in San Francisco years ago, and it was awesome. But God, it was so hilly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry yeah, about that. Can't yeah. avoid them, unfortunately. But yeah. you know, get used <laughs> like to every it. Every time I turned, there was just another enormous hill. <laughs> So we have about five minutes left here. Let's do a quickle, a quickle, a, a couple quick questions. Um, why does caffeine? Why does caffeine cause GI issues for some like me? Is it possible to disabuse yeah. oneself of that sensitivity? Yeah. So I think you can if you train, if you kind of trial it and train your body to see um, what works and what doesn't. So for example, for me, I can have. I can't have coffee before a run, but I can have gels with caffeine during a run and that seems to be okay. Um, But basically, so um, caffeine is a stimulant and that's going to increase your gut motility, which is basically the muscle contractions that move food along in your gut. And so when that gets increased, um, not only is it just moving things more quickly, but it's also giving less time for the gut to absorb water from fecal material. So that's why it can tend to lead to very quick diarrhea situation. So, but it depends on the person. Again, like some people don't seem to respond as much to caffeine and other people do. So 
it's really, I think about experimentation again, for me, I can, I can't do like a full cup of it before I run, but the caffeine gels seem to be fine for me. So I think it's about experimentation with that one. Fair enough. Do you have a favorite carb or guilty pleasure food of your own? Um, so I never say guilty pleasure because I feel like you should never. Sorry, 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 sorry. No, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm yeah, reforming. Okay. I'm reforming. No, common phrase. Yeah. Um, I, so I'm a big donut fan. Um, mm. so I would definitely say those. Um, I also really like biscuits. So my like post run meal of choice is always like, so I'm more of a salty, savory palate versus sweet. So I would always love like an enormous biscuit with like bacon, egg, cheese. Like that is like my favorite post run food, especially because I like running in the morning. So it's more like breakfasty. Uh, yeah. So I would go for the biscuit egg sandwich. Yeah. Okay. Go for one of those. No, that sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any recent cooking disasters you care to share with us? Um, I don't think so. Um, yeah, not that I should have thought about that one beforehand. I saw that question. <laughs> I forgot to think about it. Um, I <laughs> well, I'm so. impressed. I, I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't go more than two or three days without another disaster in my kitchen. So, <laughs> so good job. Really? What's yeah, going I, on? I want to know what your recent disaster was then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. All right. All right. Here we go. So <laughs> I tried to make these morning buns and it was a complicated recipe, but I made like, I don't know, like a 17 different mistakes. Like, okay, so you have to fold the butter into the cold dough and then you have to store it overnight so it can prove. It's supposed to sort of prove sort of slowly. And I didn't fold the butter in enough. And so I, I woke up in the, but I didn't realize that until I woke up in the morning. And so the... The dough was sort of too buttery in some places and not buttery enough, so I couldn't roll it right. And then I tried to get really fancy. My mom gave me the spice grinder and some cinnamon sticks, and I was trying to use you know fresh ground cinnamon because you know it was going to be bespoke and all cool. But I didn't <laughs> grind it enough, so the buns had these like chunks oh, of cinnamon in it. You're not expecting oh, like a, a hard crunch. <laughs> So anyway, look, I ate all of them, of hey, course. Keith, but Keith, you know you have a yeah. really nice bakery like two blocks away from your house. Yeah, I know. The like two bucks on. Your first problem yeah. is trying to make something that complicated. I'm like a very like simple, quick cook. So I'm like, yeah. you lost me when you were like folding in butter and rolling things. Yeah, like, I would like, just go and buy that at the store or like whatever coffee yeah. shop has that down the street. <laughs> but I'm sure I would have yeah. a few I was trying uh, baked goods of that caliber. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a there's a world famous bakery, and their like you know favorite or most popular item is a morning bun, and so I, I should probably support their business. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's eight dollars, but whatever. Yeah, um, eight bucks. But it doesn't have crunchy I, uh, cinnamon, so it does. Like, yeah, yeah. It's my own. It's my own. You know, riff on the on the tartine world. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, all right. You can start a food blog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, maybe a bad food blog. Um, okay. So final question. Um, I see that you're a big reader. Do you have a novel suggestion for, for us and our listeners? Um, I was trying to think about like running specific books that I had read that I really liked. Um, and of course I couldn't remember any, I mean, I've read like Born to Run and some of those are really good. Sure, um, sure. So, but um, I read one recently, actually, that was kind of fun. It's not running, it's cycling related, but it's um, it's called Nala's World. And it's about this, this um, I think he's Irish or Scottish guy who takes off like the year, I think 
maybe six months or a year before the pandemic. And he sets out to bike around the world. And like literally a month into his bike ride, he picks up this stray cat, this stray kitten who ends up like becoming his best buddy. And they just like travel everywhere together. And it's super cute. So it was just like a really lighthearted and I'm having a lot of wanderlust right now. Like I really want to go somewhere. <laughs> so yeah. it was just super lighthearted, like easy book that was about kind of, I love adventure and travel and, you know, fitness. So it was just kind of a fun, so not running related, but just kind of a fun thing to read. So. That's okay. I, I occasionally consume things that aren't running related. Yeah. <laughs> what are your favorite <laughs> running books? I want to know. Oh, gosh. I'm going to need some inspiration to read in the fall when I'm getting back into it. Okay. I'm, I'm going to meditate on this and then I'll I'll, I'll send a list out and well, I'll put it in the I show have a notes. Simple, I have a simple answer for me. Uh, fun I'm fact, I've never, read a running, I've never read a running book. What? What? Never. How Any running documentaries that? or? Uh, the only... Like, uh, documentary is a light a strong word like steve prefontaine like that's how i kind of got into running so i've like watched the movies okay that's yeah. it but okay. never <laughs> never read a running book i feel like it has to be the right vibe like anything a little too serious i'm just kind of like all right um yeah i think i've heard some are really fun and inspirational so there are a few that i've been wanting to read but okay. of course i can't remember what they are right now but <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm kind of excited to read about this this guy and his cat um, yeah it's just a, it's fun and easy so yeah that's nice for these a little light for these right exactly have enough, so, enough yeah. heaviness exactly yeah. so what well, i have a question and, for you guys what is the first, oh yeah hit us like what's the first race that you were really excited to do like after the pandemic situation is over uh, I'm TBD if I'm going to do Boston this year, mm, okay. uh, the Boston Marathon, T- TBD. I, so it's I've virtual. only run two marathons. Is it virtual or is it in it's person? A, no, they're trying to do it in person in October. Okay. Oh, in October, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I've only done two marathons uh, before and I was training for Boston again last year before the pandemic. And just the thought of like actually training again right now just doesn't seem that exciting. Um, <laughs> don't force it, but I'll, I'll probably get back into it. But I'm, I'm because like, I don't know when a race is going to be. But when Bo- I think Boston probably, or maybe I'll do a local SF race or something. But it's hard because uh, it's, it's like, like you don't want to get up all the effort to train for something that then might get canceled last minute too. I feel like that's very yep. demotivating. It's just like, uh, is this really going to happen? Like I don't want to be all in and then have it not even be a thing. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and he says this all the time. He ran over 2,500 miles last year. Like, don't worry. He's going to, he's oh, going to do something. With, with zero fuel the entire time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Think about how good you could be at running if you just took in a little fuel. I know. And I do have like, I got like, I have like 48 goo packets sitting in my closet right now that I can, I can consume. So yeah. Yeah. Maybe. He's already so. Healthy maple nut energy bites. Cause they're a lot tastier than gels. Or the date and stuff situation. I have that on my blog as well. So the do you have some peanut butter cookies as well that are, like are also on the list to make this weekend. So yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're good mid run mid run uh, nutrition, but open. definitely after. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think those would actually be pretty good because it's maple syrup and peanut butter, and yeah, those could be good. I wouldn't eat okay. like five of them during run, but <laughs> you could definitely start with like one or half of one and see how it goes. I think it'd be pretty good. Yeah, and they're yeah. not super, like they're more, a little more crumbly. So I feel like they'd be relatively easy to eat while you're running if you're 
yeah, maybe not while going up a San Francisco hill, but. <laughs> yeah. Realizing that I should not podcast hungry. This is this was a mistake. <laughs> <That's pretty long. laughs> I really want that biscuit egg sandwich. Um, so. And I know you have a meeting in two minutes here. So thank you very, very much for joining us. This was super informational and uh, yeah, a lot to <laughs> digest here. And, um, yeah. So um, that's going to be a wrap on this episode of The Final Turn. A very special thanks again to our guest, Anne Monty. As a reminder, you can find her on her blog, uh, fantasticfood.com or on Twitter and Instagram at fantasticfood. That's fantastic, F-A-N-N-E. Uh, and as always, thank you for listening. We look forward to having you back for our next episode.